I have Kansas repeating and Bill Self healthy, happy, and a two-time national champion back-to-back. -back. Did you leave yourself any wiggle room? Who's <laughs> your backup in case this doesn't unfold? The brackets are set. March Madness is here. It's Tuesday, March 14th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Sixty-eight teams each in the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. That's 136 storylines, two of which will end in glory. Here to help us make sense of it all is our writer, Doug Greenberg. Welcome, Doug. Thank you, Owen. Thanks for having me. This is, it's such a fun time of year, right? As soon as Selection Sunday happens, this is, it's, this is just where everyone's sports brain goes. Yeah, let's start on the women's side. Um, so uh, th there is a clear favorite, if ever there was one, on this bracket. So give us the rundown here. Yeah, so the, well, let's start with a general primer about the women's bracket. Um, in especially like in the last decade or two, women's the women's tournament has just been all chalk. Uh, for people who are not familiar with betting lingo, that means it's the favorites. It's always the favorites in the women's. It, it's starting to get a little bit better. There were there were a few really good upsets last year um, in the women's tournament, but I mean, if you look at the field this year, it is. It's much of the same, to be honest. Um, if you, you looking at the odds, South Carolina is a minus two hundred favorite to win the whole thing, and you know, taking over the scope of an entire tournament—that's just like unimaginable. Like, I can't believe a team would be a minus two hundred favorite uh, for an entire tournament. But that just goes to show, like, in women's basketball, in women's college basketball, it's it's sort of like dynasties start trading off, and I think South Carolina is really starting to build up a dynasty. Um, Don Staley is, is bar none, probably the best coach in, in the women's game right now. Um, Aaliyah Boston, arguably the best player in, in the women's game right now. It's, it's really South Carolina's tournament to lose. And just for our non-betters out there, what does minus 200 mean? Minus 200 means that you would have to bet $200 to win $100. Um, which when we're talking about futures, we're talking about long-term bets. That's completely insane. Like a minus 200 is what you would normally see for a big favorite to win an individual game. Um, so that's, and then when you factor in that it's what, to win six consecutive games, like that's insane. And it just, again, just goes to show like how good of a program South Carolina, uh, Don Staley and South Carolina have built up over there. Um, I guess that kind of brings us to, you know, the other side of that, which is UConn. Right. Yeah. I was about to say like the, they're kind of the previous dynasty. Yes. So UConn was the previous women's dynasty, um, you know, they dominated for years. They've produced some of the best women's players um, of this era. You know, you look at like Brianna Stewart, who's arguably one of the best players in the in the WNBA right now. Um, she was a UConn product. Um, you know, obviously Sue Bird, who just retired. She was a UConn product. So they produce some of the best players and they've gotten really good at recruiting the best players. Um, so what happens when one of those generational players gets injured? And we're, we're seeing that happen with UConn right now. Um, Paige Beckers has been out all year. She had a season-ending injury before the season, which was just brutal for women's basketball because Paige Beckers is amazing. Um, but so, yeah, UConn is a two-seed without Paige. Um, they're plus 1,800 to win the tournament, which means you would have to bet $100 to win uh, $1,800. Um so that makes their that makes them pretty long pretty pretty long underdogs um and and it's honestly it's starting to show you know the cracks in the the Gina Ariema dynasty are kind of starting to show uh you know uh, UConn 
is a two seed again. It's their third time in four years being a two seed. They haven't won the tournament since 2016, which is like ages for Gino Ariema. Um, so, you know, I think in that sense, it's cool that the women's side is opening up a little bit more. But, you know, the the UConn power void that's been created is now just being filled by South Carolina. And and there are a couple good teams under South Carolina. It's just overwhelmingly South Carolina's team uh, tournament to lose. Yeah, I was just looking historically from 2000 to 2016. It's like mostly UConn. It's like I, I think they do. They have won like more than half of the championships in that span. Um, so yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see if SC can. You know, they're probably not going to be that because it's just very hard to have that kind of dynasty. But they're they're clearly the dominant one right now. Yeah, and you know there are a couple good teams challenging. Stanford's got Haley Jones; she's really good. Uh, Indiana, I don't honestly know much about them, but they've got the same odds as Stanford, uh, plus seven hundred. Um, good teams, and like I said, I think women's basketball, women's college basketball, is going in the right direction in terms of the upsets. I, there, again, there were some good ones last year, um, but again, I think this year it's all South Carolina. Maybe we'll see if things are a little bit more have a little bit more parity going into next year, but we'll see. I, I can't imagine South Carolina loses this thing. Yeah. All right. Let's hop over to the men's side where things are a whole lot thornier. Um, And I guess we might as well start with our number one overall seed, which has a very unfortunate situation going on. So so take us away there. Yeah. So the number one overall seed is Alabama. And uh, if not for recent events, Alabama would actually be a great story for this tournament. They've they've been on the rise in the last couple years. Um, they've just been getting better and better. Nate Oates is is proving to be a really good coach um, on the court, recruiting players. Um, so Bama getting this one seed is kind of like that that pinnacle moment for them of like everything they've been building towards uh, over the last couple years. But now we have the Brandon Miller situation, which if for people who are not in the know, uh, Brandon Miller essentially provided a uh, firearm used in a murder uh, from that was committed by another Alabama teammate. And that's, I think it's going to be hard for Bama to ignore. Um, they are not the favorite to win the entire tournament. They're actually second at plus 650. Um, and Houston is actually plus, plus 475 uh, favorite to win it all. Yeah, with, with a lot of these narratives, I feel like, you know, that's the stuff we're talking about. When they're on the court, they're not really thinking about that stuff. This one, I feel like it, it's there's just no no escaping from this one. So you know we'll, we'll see how it affects what happens on the court. Um, but we've got some other strong teams. Uh, so quickly, um, Houston um, is is now the favorite. Uh, do you see them as the favorite? I think it makes sense. I mean, Houston's been really strong all year. Um, just you know, from what I've seen, they've uh, they're uh, again they're another program that's been strong the last couple of years. Um, I don't remember they made the la- they made the final four uh, the last couple of year uh, sometime in the last few years, but they've been great. Um, I-, I think that this could be like I said, this could be a situation. I don't know the inner workings of the books completely, but from what I understand. This could be a situation where people just don't want to bet on Alabama because of the Brandon Miller situation, and maybe the books are trying to entice them. So Houston ends up being the favorite, um, you know. But it, it, again, compared to the women's bracket, it gives you an idea. Uh, Houston being plus four seventy five, that means you have to bet a hundred to win four hundred seventy five dollars. There, it, it's much more wide open in the men's bracket, and it, it's truly you know a little bit difficult to predict who actually might come out on top. Yeah, there's probably what would you say like eight, ten teams that, like, it wouldn't be crazy for them to win. It would be, like, some of them would be a little bit surprising, but, like, whereas, like, the women's team, there's, like, 
maybe two teams, maybe one team that would be crazy for them to not win. Um, where's the AL? Men's, what would you say? Something like eight? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, and if you're looking at the odds, um, yeah, the top eight teams go down to plus 1,600. You know, that's not completely insane uh, to to throw money down on. And, and actually, just going off of this article that I wrote uh, for this morning about looking at the betting projections, um, part of the report from the American Gaming Association was... They actually surveyed a lot of people who were potentially going to bet on the winner of the tournament. And what what you find with bettors is that they want to get as much value as possible. So you're actually going to pick some teams that are maybe a little further down on the ladder, maybe have some reputation to their name. Um, so if you look at that, the, the number one team that people were picking were uh, Kentucky, actually. And Kentucky had a bit of a struggle this year. Um, they are pretty far down on the on the betting. They're 35 to 1. And, uh, you know, you get teams like Texas A&M, which a lot of people are thinking got kind of screwed on their seating. Granted, I wrote this article before the seating came out. Um, and then you got some people taking, you got people taking Bama, you got people taking Gonzaga. Gonzaga's always interesting. You know, they're always going to attract bets. Uh, everyone's always going to question when they're going to actually win it. Um, and then you get UCLA. And UCLA is a team that I personally like. Um, you know, they've, they've got veteran leadership. They've they've made runs uh, in the Final Four in recent years and uh, kind of been on the rise. Um, so uh, you know when you look at it from that betting perspective, um, you know even when you get further down in the in the uh, betting odds, you know you're gonna have people taking uh, some some lower down uh, or some longer odds picks just to get that value. Yeah, and just to reference your own article, I'm looking at it now. We've got we're projected 68 million bettors in the U.S. making 15.5 billion dollars in bets. That includes like office pools and pools with friends, uh, but that's still a quarter of American adults are expected to put money down, even if just like 20 bucks with some friends um, on this tournament. There's there's kind of there's nothing like that in American sports, even with the rise of sports betting. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's more than, you know, we make note of this in the article, that's more than the Super Bowl. Uh, and granted, this is a multi-week event, so the likelihood that you're going to put down a bet at some point in, you know, the next four weeks uh, or whatever it is, um, you know, definitely increases the amount of potential bettors. And uh, you look at March Madness, like, uh, I think that it's, you know, when you count bracket contests, everybody wants to fill out a bracket. So it's it's really not surprising that one out of every four American adults is going to at least fill out a bracket, maybe put on some bets, maybe, you know, do a $20 bet with one of your buddies. Um, you know, it's I mean, it's such a phenomenon outside of anything else in sports. All right. Just to wrap us up here, uh, give us one one prediction could be who wins it all for the men's side. It could be, you know, just just a hunch you got of, of an upset. Just give, give us one thing. As I said, uh, if I, I and I am probably going to change this pick multiple times between now and Thursday. I I think my winner right now is UCLA. I and and if you're and if you're in my bracket pool, I'm kidding. Don't pick them. Um, <laughs> but uh, like I said, UCLA's got a little bit of everything you're looking for. Uh, they got some veteran leadership. They've got a, a great star player in Jaime Jaquez. They're 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 in good form right now. They just won the Pac-12, um, which I think is actually a pretty good conference. So. I like UCLA. Some cinder, some really quick rapid fire Cinderellas to look at. Kennesaw State, awesome story. Um, Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, people are really high on that. Are uh, really high on them. Um, and then Oral Roberts, 
who has been a Cinderella in the past, got Duke in the first round. And that is just going to be like the most fun game in the whole world. Oral Roberts versus Duke is just going to really bring out a lot of emotion for a lot of people. So, yeah, that almost feels like one of those like like a Yankees game where it's like either you're a Yankees fan or you are rooting against them. (laughs) And my my sister actually went to Duke, so I should be loyal. But uh, I don't know. know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Once the game starts, you'll know who you're rooting for. All right. Doug Greenberg, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Owen. Appreciate it. Coming up, we'll have some updates on stories we have covered regarding MLB and the Barcelona referee scandal, plus some fresh news out of the NWSL. Stay tuned for all that right after this. Two thousand, two thousand eight, twenty twenty two. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain: it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over thirty one thousand businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on Netsuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. Netsuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improve their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash frontoffice right now. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. The National Women's Soccer League is coming back to Utah. The league made it official over the weekend, and the Utah Royals will return starting in 2024. We are... Utah Royals FC. This was expected because Utah had an NWSL team through the 2020 season. It was sold due to toxic workplace and abuse issues with its former owner and manager. The team is now owned by Ryan Smith, who also owns the Utah Jazz, and David Blitzer, who co-owns the Philadelphia 76ers, and the New Jersey Devils, who are awesome right now. Those two also own Utah's MLS team, Real Salt Lake. Because of the unique situation here, the league is charging a much reduced expansion fee in the neighborhood of two to five million dollars. The NWSL is also looking at expansion in Boston and the San Francisco Bay Area, but those teams are going to have to pay more like 50 million dollars to join the league. Major League Baseball has a short-term solution to a long-term problem. In markets where Diamond Sports Group will no longer broadcast local games, MLB is planning to stream those games on MLB TV for free, according to the New York Post. Diamond owns the 19 Valleys Regional Sports Networks. They're expected to file for bankruptcy any day now. They will use that bankruptcy to end their contracts with the Cincinnati Reds, Arizona Diamondbacks, Cleveland Guardians, and San Diego Padres because they would otherwise spend more money on those broadcast rights than they would make from cable contracts and ad revenue. The Padres deal alone would cause them to lose $20 million this year. And Real Madrid has joined the lawsuit against Barcelona as an injured party. Barca is accused of bribing referees, and if they did, they may have stolen multiple titles from Real Madrid. Just in the period Barcelona is being investigated for, Barcelona has been the top team in La Liga and Real Madrid second seven times. This year, once again, Barca is one, Real Madrid two. But Real Madrid could get its revenge if Barcelona is knocked off its perch by a penalty from the league. 
That's it for today. If you're stuck filling out your March Madness bracket, just remember that the tiebreaker goes to the cooler mascot. Leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you tomorrow.